It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are your only five times a week daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. You can, of course, find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, click the bell, do all the YouTube things, hit the thumbs up button, all that fun stuff. We're also on all the auditory platforms, audible platforms, and you can find us there. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you follow the podcast to get your daily updates on the Cincinnati Bengals delivered right to your phone. We're going to start today, James, with a little bit of scary news coming from Paul Brown Stadium. The COVID outbreaks around the NFL are here and spreading and now are something that the Bengals will have to deal with. We'll hear from head coach Zach Taylor in just a minute. We're going to get later on into the show into how good Joe Burrow has been in the last five weeks and how important he's going to be the rest of the way and the playoff scenarios. But first, playoffs. Yeah, we're talking playoffs. That's right. Wild times. Wild times indeed. First, James, you talked to Zach Taylor today about what's going on with the COVID situation and the Bengals. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. A great job. That's probably the easiest room to control just because we, we've separated Jake out of there uh, probably about two weeks ago. So he zooms in and then, and then Joe and Brandon are not even close to each other. So really the only time that they really have contact is outside of practice, you know, and during the games. And so um, they've done a really good job of, of being careful and our guys, you know, oftentimes voluntarily wear masks. And, and so, um, you know, that, that's not really a concern for us right now. So Joe wouldn't even necessarily be deemed a close contact, I guess, with Brandon? Close contact thing really only comes up if you have symptoms. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. new, new protocols. So, Jack, so will Joe have to ask her you against that something you don't know whether Burrow will have to test this week? No, he should not have to test. That's huge news, right, Jake? I mean – Because look, let's be honest here, with these new protocols and Burrow's fully vaccinated, he's told us that multiple times. Tyler Boyd also fully vaccinated for those wondering. But um, with these new protocols, if you're not experiencing symptoms, you can voluntarily test, but you don't have to test. And so it's an advantage of being fully vaccinated and it's a way to get these guys out there if they're vaccinated and they're not experiencing symptoms, to be honest with you, because you don't know you have COVID if you're not experiencing symptoms and you're not testing and they won't say it like that, but that's the reality of it. Um, So yeah, Brandon Allen gets it. Everyone and this has nothing to do with Brandon Allen. I'm sure he understands this was like, Oh my God, what does it mean for Joe Burrow? Zach Taylor didn't seem that concerned. And in fact, when you think back a few weeks ago uh, to, to that, the Wednesday press conference where he said that he wasn't, 
you, you know, his concern wasn't zero after he was, who, who did he hug that tested positive for COVID? Or, or no, it was the TJ Watt. Uh, TJ Watt sacked him. And in uh, Erno was got got face to face with him after that interception. Dirty, yeah. dirty TJ Watt. That's right. So um, there was yeah, also it, James uh, Lloyd Cushenberry went on the COVID I'll list do. right after the Bengals yeah. played the Broncos, and those two guys got together after the game. They they played I'll together do. at LSU, of course. Yep. So, point being, Taylor was concerned a few weeks ago with the mm-hmm. Watt thing. I think we're pretty good at reading his body language now. Didn't seem that concerned about it. So hopefully this is uh, the last time we have to talk about number nine and COVID-19. I, I think it's going to be something that lives in my mind rent-free all week. It, it's yeah, y- You never really know. And you look around the league, the way these things have started, it'll be a few days before we really know anything. Like I'm going to be holding my breath probably all the way to Sunday, all the way till 10 o'clock my time, one o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, because up until that point, Burrow could start to feel something if he's going to be sick. But at the same time, James, as you've pointed out, he, he's had a couple of these exposures potentially with with Watt, with Cushenberry, and he's been okay so far. And as Zach Taylor pointed out, he's not required to test unless he's randomly selected this week. Sounds like he is not expected. Maybe he already knows that Taylor already knows that Burrow wasn't randomly selected this week. I don't know when those determinations happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only other caveat that was pointed out, I believe by Lindsey Jones of The Athletic, is that high-risk close contacts are also required to test, but Joe Burrow would not be considered one of the players that falls in the high-risk category. That's players that have other health issues that mm-hmm. mean that you know we should get out in front of this thing and make sure you know we, we can figure out if you're going to have to deal with it. Burrow is not, as far as we know, in that category. Well, that was my way of asking. <laughs> Right. Honestly, in, 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 I was, cause you, you just never know. Right. And maybe they're holding their breath about that, or he is a close contact. And then, you know, you have to hold your breath. But, uh, Tom Pelissero notes this 106 NFL players went on the reserve COVID 19 list on Monday. They all tested positive, including 96 positive tests on Monday, which is a record high. So, to your point about holding your breath, me too, and I think uh, I think you should really. And it's not just Burrow; it's all of these guys. Because, well, when we talk about the Bengals' playoff chances later, there's uh, there's still a lot on the line, even though they're in first place in the division with two weeks to go. Yeah, and, and so the thing we're looking for is is do we start to see spread amongst position groups? We haven't seen much of this. So Chidobe Abuzie was on the COVID list. I, I don't believe there. Maybe there's one other corner. Darius uh, Phillips Darius went Phillips. on there today. Right. But yeah. But uh, we, we haven't seen a ton of spread there. On the defensive line, you had DJ Reader and Wyatt Ray go on in close proximity. But those are the only two guys we know of so far in the defensive line. So it's another place that we're going to kind of have to watch and hold our breath and hope nobody else gets sick, hope nobody else was exposed. The encouraging thing is I, I think the Bengals have an extremely high vaccination rate. So according to NFL rules, even if players do get sick, they'll be eligible to return now with two successive negative tests. I think this is this has changed. They've made it easier for vaccinated players to get back and be activated if they're symptom free and have negative tests. So this is, you know, Zach Taylor was asked about DJ Reader today and he said it's really a crapshoot. They, they really don't know. There's no way to feel one way or another this is something you pointed out, I think, a couple of weeks ago, James, where it's not like a, a sprained ankle 
where you can monitor the swelling and be like, okay, yeah, he's getting better. There's no real way to know when they're going to clear these tests. But because of the protocol changes, there's less testing. They're they're not testing the asymptomatic players except for random selection. And they have an easier time getting back. So hopefully these things are in the Bengals' favor. We've seen around the NFL, though, that this is really depleting roster. So right now all we can really do is knock on wood and and hope for the best with the Bengals and and hope that what they've been doing, Taylor saying they're voluntarily wearing masks and doing their best to distance. And it seems like they've kind of gotten out in front of this thing, but you, you just never know. No, you don't know. And and that that's going to be the concern moving forward. But uh, I do think that the Bengals, it feels like they're doing all of the right things. Um, the fact that they separate the quarterbacks is yeah. just huge. Jake Browning's not even around these other guys because let's be honest here. That's an important spot. Now, if Brandon Allen can't go, you you need uh, a backup quarterback. Browning's the only one on the roster on the team, uh, including practice squad. So they'll elevate him from the practice squad. He'll be one of the COVID-19 call-ups. If Allen can't get cleared in time, hopefully he does. Yeah. And hopefully reader does. And, and uh, it's um, it's one of the many challenges that these NFL teams have to face, especially those that are uh, fighting for a playoff spot right now. Hopefully, like I said, we don't have to talk about number nine having to to hurdle this at all. But he was hurdling defenders. Well, maybe not that far, but he was making defenders miss. Jamar Chase praises Burrow's pocket mobility, and I think you have some stats to uh, that back up number nine over the past five weeks. So we're going to continue our Joe Burrow conversation next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, let's let's talk Joe Burrow, shall we? The Bengals starting quarterback, PFF's top graded quarterback on the season. I believe he is second in the composite EPA per play, estimated points added per play, and CPOE completion percentage over expected metric, which Ben Baldwin has procured and developed over the last year or two. And these two things together are very predictive. They, they have good staying power. The other metrics that are very stable for quarterbacks as established by PFF are passing grade when you have a clean pocket, Joe Burrow first in that metric as well, but uh, on the season. But in the last five games, Joe Burrow making an MVP push. I talked about this with Peter Bukowski on Locked On Today on Monday, and I was hesitant. At first, I wasn't sure that Burrow would have the counting stats, and I'm still not sure. But if he outduels Mahomes this weekend and then goes out there and has a nice game against Cleveland in Week 18, I think there's a chance. And his last five games are a big reason why. Here's his last five games numbers. In his last five games, he has 1,520 passing yards, which ranks first in the NFL. His completion percentage of 72.9% ranks first in the NFL. His PFF adjusted completion percentage, 
which is your completion percentage when you discount drops, throwaways, spikes, batted passes, is 82.7%, first in the NFL. His 9.2 yards per attempt, first in the NFL. His 15 big-time throws and his 8.5 big-time throw percentage is first in the NFL and is just three turnover-worthy plays or 1.4% is third in the NFL. So only one that isn't the very best in the NFL, but by many, many metrics here, including grade, the PFF passing grade, Joe Burrow in the last five weeks, and I'm sure the Baltimore game played a big part in this, is mm-hmm. playing lights out football. And that, when you're in your stretch and you need a game or two to get into the playoffs and you want to make noise in the playoffs, well, you certainly hope that it's him getting healthy and getting hot at the right time. Yep, no no doubt about it. They're three and two over that span. And you think about it and you're like, well, what the heck? Well, it was the Darius Phillips fumble gate. And then it was the the Jamar Chase gives an interception away and everything that happened in that game with the fumble and everything against the Chargers. So it, it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. But like Burrow from a turnover perspective, and I still get asked this every show I go on before games and these uh, opposing cities. Ah, man, Joe Burrow's turnovers. Well, not existent. He's not been the reason they've lost when they've lost, and he's playing really well. He was the reason they were in that game against the 49ers, gave them a chance against the Chargers. So you're right. Like he's playing at this level now. If he puts up huge numbers these next couple of weeks and you look up and he's at, because he's just over 4,000 yards, let's say he gets to 4,800 yards, 35, that's probably too many. That's probably, even if he goes off, but 30 plus touchdowns. He's at 30 now. Is he? Oh, he is at 30. So yeah, 35 is realistic. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, he's going to set the Bengals record barring something unforeseen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let's say 35 touchdowns. He goes three and two uh, over the next two games. Bengals go 11 and six. And part of it is, is winning. They're going to have to win both of those games. If he wants to be in the MVP conversation, I think he's got a shot. I do because there's been no clear cut front runner. And yeah, people are going to say Aaron Rodgers, and that's cool, but you can't tell me that all the drama that surrounded Rodgers with COVID, that that's not going to get in the way at least a little bit. It, it, at least the door's cracked. It's cracked on comeback player of the year. It's it's probably half open on comeback player of the year, and it's certainly cracked for MVP. I'm not saying it's likely, but there's certainly a chance. If he finishes the, the season strong, I think he should get votes because I think he's done enough to, to put himself in that conversation where there's a realistic case to be made for MVP. But I think, again realistically, the thing that's going to hold voters back, unfortunately, I mean, he's not a pro bowler. When's the last time the MVP didn't get to the pro bowl? I think, you know, that's an indictment of the pro bowl process more than anything, but sure. he's having a better season than Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you listen to us on a daily basis. We think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, like one of the top four, five, you know, and and so he, he should probably be there. And so I, I do think, though, that the counting stats will be an issue for him and the interceptions will be an issue for him because that's as far as a lot of people look. And and mm-hmm. that, you know, creates problems in the voting process for all these things. That being said, playing great, right? The offense, when it goes through him, as Eric Eager pointed out last night on the PFF Forecast podcast that I listened to a little bit, he's a Chiefs fan, by the way. He thinks that if the Bengals run their offense, and he was at the Bengals game, Yesterday, he'll be at the Bengals game against the Chiefs this week. He thinks that if the Bengals run their offense through their best player, who is Joe Burrow, 
then he thinks that's going to be a very challenging game for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes said something similar. He's like, I think Joe, I think Joe threw for a thousand yards. That's going to be a, a good challenge for us. And you know how Andy Reid is. You know, every team is a good challenge for the, for Andy Reid's teams. His most consistent quote. Um, but here's my concern with that, James, is that yes, he's playing great. Yes, mm-hmm. he's been as evasive as he's been all year, and and we'll hear from Jamar Chase about that in a second. But in in those last five games, when he's leading the NFL in all these passing categories, he's he's also by a lot first in the NFL in sacks, 22 mm-hmm. sacks taken in the last five games on 85 pressures. Second, Ben Roethlisberger, 17, Dak Prescott, 17. The gap between first and second from Burrow to Roethlisberger, that five sack gap is the same gap as from Roethlisberger to like 12, 15 in the NFL. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's by far the most sack quarterback in the NFL. They need to fix their protection if they're going to run the offense through Burrow, as Eric Eager described it. And it's something that I think they have to do, especially against the Chiefs, the way they're playing, the way Joe Burrow is looking more like LSU Burrow, as we said, the way he's extending plays, making plays off script, the accuracy still there as ever, and the evasiveness in the pocket, a big, big difference in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it is. It's it's a big difference. And I think that's the key. This offensive line is what it is. You know, maybe they try Deontay Smith at right tackle. You know, maybe maybe they do, you know, one of these shuffle moves at right guard. But is, is it really going to be much better than Isaiah Prince? No, Riley Reef probably isn't coming back. And if he's not back, that's going to be a weakness. And right guard, well, it's been a revolving door. And by the way, have you heard Xavier Suofilo's name in a while? It feels like he's just kind of a couple of weeks ago, Lost. I think he was like on the rehab field or something, but that's all I know. But, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's just, it, you know, it's wild how, how long he's been out. And so I, I don't know to use a cliche, you know, help isn't walking through that door. So what's the help, especially if you need bro to put up huge numbers against the chiefs. And let's be honest in a perfect world, they would jump out against the Browns and make Baker Mayfield throw the ball and, and make him beat, beat the Bengals. And so if that's the path, it's going to be a lot of Burrow dropping back. And so he's going to have to maneuver in the pocket. He's going to have to be what we've seen the past couple of weeks. Like you said on our post-game pod, the LSU Burrow, they need more of that. And I think they're going to have to really rely on him and uh, get on his back, so to speak. And uh, you mentioned it, Jamar Chase was asked, and hopefully I can set this up correctly. If there's anything that surprised Chase, if he's surprised by anything that Burrow's done this season, and uh, here was what Chase had to say about Burrow. He was moving in that pocket last game, man. I'm not even going to lie. He was really moving in that pocket, you know, dodging defenders, jumping, shaking. And he always setting them up with that with that in and out move, and he jumping out. So he always making defenders miss in the pocket, and it looked good. It was really impressive against the Ravens. Yeah. The, the amount of sacks he avoided and, and the, the, the plays he made, even, even the mix and play when the game is no longer in doubt. He's making guys miss, extending the play because he, it's his nature. He, he shrugs at the sideline after the play, gives a Michael Jordan shrug, you know, because Zach Taylor didn't want him to scramble. He wants him to get rid of the ball quick. And Burrow's like, look, uh, you know, I, I got I to gotta play quarterback, essentially. Who, who was it that said his check down was 50 yards down the field? Was that Taylor in his presser? He's like, he's looking for his check down. His check down just happened to be 50 <laughs> yards down the field. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think you're right. And uh, 
yeah, he described that play and he was like, yeah, I looked left. There was people around me. I looked right and there was a hole and I was going to throw it away, but I saw the hole. So I ran to it and I happened to see Joe Mixon. So I threw it down the field and and it's because I asked him like Zach admitted that he wanted you to get rid of the ball multiple times late in that game. <laughs> and he was like, it's kind of my instincts. And yeah, he didn't shrug in the news conference, but you saw him shrug on the field. Gotta love that guy's swagger. And so I, I think the path is very clear and we'll talk a lot more about this chiefs game. Of course, you got the crossover coming your way Thursday. We'll have our game preview on Friday for that game against the Patrick Mahomes led and rallying from their early season woes, Kansas city chiefs. But honestly, at this point, I'm not writing this game off in any way, shape or form. And if they do win the game, there are playoff implications. We'll start to talk about those playoff scenarios and what the next two games mean for the Bengals coming up next. By the way, if you're not writing this game off, maybe you think the Bengals got a shot against the Chiefs. Well, Kansas City opened as a four and a half point favorite. You can wager on that right now at betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. So whether it's the college football playoff this weekend or it's the Cincinnati Bengals at Kansas City Chiefs at Paul Brown Stadium, maybe you want to wager on Joe Burrow's MVP odds or comeback player of the year odds or Jamar Chase Every rookie should be chasing Chase right now, in my opinion, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. You can head to betonline.ag right now and get some free money when you make that first deposit. You sign up for free. You make that first deposit at betonline.ag. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. It's free money. Take advantage of it right now so you can win big starting this week. Bengals Chiefs. Again, betonline.ag. Promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, James. We, uh, you you teased, it, teed it up at the beginning of the show. We're going to talk playoffs. That's right. We're talking playoffs on the Locked yeah. On Bengals podcast about the Cincinnati Bengals. Not for the first time. Uh, but for the first time in week 17, I would say, in, in the history of this show. And, and the first time is probably, you know, sometime in the last few weeks. Coming into this game, the the two simulators that I like to use that I've, that I've been re- referring to and referencing the last few weeks on the podcast, 538 and the Football Outsiders playoff odds forecast have the Bengals at 79%. On 538 with a 72% chance to win the division. And on Football Outsiders, they're giving the Bengals an 84% chance to make the playoffs with a 75% chance to win the division. That went up significantly after the Bengals trounced the Ravens. Of course, the 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 simulators don't know how banged up the Ravens were. They might have been expecting the Ravens to win that game. And the Bengals now in the driver's seat. In a significant fashion. However, mm-hmm. last week, James, I said the Bengals need to win in all likelihood 
two games to make the playoffs. And even though everything this week essentially went the Bengals way, the Bengals won, which means the Ravens lost, the Browns lost, and the Steelers lost. Mm -hmm. Even despite all those results, and despite the tiebreakers the Bengals hold over the Ravens, over the Steelers, they very, very likely need one more game. And we'll talk about some of these scenarios. There is one way they get in if they lose their next two games. But one win punches a ticket right now. And a tie, actually, of all things, would get them very close. Yeah. Look, 10's been the magic number. And I feel like, and I'm not trying to do a victory lap, but I feel like we've talked about it for a month, month and a half, where it just it felt like with all of the teams in the AFC that are in the meh, you have to rise above the slop. And the slop is nine and eight or below. And there's going to be some nine and eight teams that don't get in because of tiebreakers. And the Bengals at nine and six with the Chiefs and the Browns, yeah, they're still in danger of that nine and eight. So they need to get it done. And at the same time, if they win both, you know, I mean, they, they're still an outside shot at the one seed. I think that's really, really unlikely. But we could be talking about a two seed. We could be talking about uh, a three seed. And we're certainly talking about um, just with one win, a home game at Paul Brown Stadium. So that uh, that dog will hunt, as Dave Lapham would say. And they need to find a way to get it done starting this Sunday. Don't drag it out. Don't go. I'll take you back to 2003, Jake. Uh, the Bengals, Marvin's um, first season. They are in control. I forgot who they beat, but they're in control of their playoff destiny. Then they got boat raced by the Rams, the greatest show on turf, and they just weren't ready to go up. I, I believe that was the Mark Bolger-led Rams, but they were still putting up a lot a lot of points then. And then uh, the following week, everything's on the line. They needed a down Pittsburgh team. They were down that year to beat the Ravens, and they needed to beat the Browns. And well, guess what? The Ravens didn't beat the steel or the Steelers didn't beat the Ravens, but it didn't matter because the Bengals got boat raced by uh, the Browns. So don't leave it up to chance. Just win Sunday, beat Patrick Mahomes. That's all we're asking is you to beat Patrick Mahomes. Is easy. it that hard? I mean, easy. It, Travis. It, no, I actually really like <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to slander him or say anything like that. But yeah, it's uh it's one of those things where they control their own destiny. And the last thing you want is to be looking up on January. It'll be January 9th in Cleveland at about three o'clock in the third quarter scoreboard watching. Cause the Browns are in control and the Bengals have lost one and they're in danger of losing. That can't happen. And it starts with number nine. Like we talked about earlier, the Bengals need to find a way over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, of course, talk about the matchups in, in future episodes. want to talk a little bit more about scenarios today. Uh, you can play around with it in the ESPN playoff machine and the 538 uh, predictions page. You, you can play around with that stuff. Anywhere from, from two to four is a pretty realistic outcome for the Bengals. I, I don't actually think that there's a, a likely scenario where they can be a wild card team because I don't think a nine win team will make the playoffs in the AFC. Looking at the schedules for these teams, the, the teams in contention for a wild card spot, like the Ravens, the Colts, the Patriots, I think the most likely contenders to some extent, the, the Chargers who, who still have a chance, of course, if, if, if they win their last two games against the Raiders and the Broncos, I think there's going to be some teams at 10 wins or at least one team, perhaps at 10 wins in the AFC 
who might not make the playoffs. And so for the Bengals, they need to win the division. Again, there there might be some obscure scenario where they can be a wild card team. I think it involves a tie and and somehow that getting them into a wild card spot, a tie and a win maybe gets them to a wild card spot. But if they win, they, they clinch the division. So, so that's very basic, right? If they win two games and uh, Kansas City wins their, their game in week 18, Kansas City plays against the Broncos, I, I think we could probably expect the, the, the Chiefs to win that game. Then yep. the Bengals can be a two seed. Now, if the Broncos can beat the Chiefs and the Bengals win out, that's how the Bengals become a one seed. Is sure. New England doesn't win out. Actually, even if New England does win out, I think Buffalo still has a really good chance of winning that division. So the tiebreakers do get really convoluted at some point. And that's how the one seed is in play as if if the Chiefs uh, lose to the Broncos in week 18. But very likely, they're playing for two seed, which likely, in my opinion, sets up for a potential rematch with Baltimore, potential rematch with uh, the Chargers. Those would be the two most likely rematches for the Bengals if they do end up at the second seed. And that that's what happens if they win out. Now, if they, if they only win one of their two last games, say it does come down to the Browns game, they win that one. Then I believe they're, they're very likely a three seed or a four seed even. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're pl- playing either the, the Patriots or the Colts, I think most likely, but the dolphins are also in the mix. I wouldn't be yes. shocked if they make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. If they went on Monday night, we're recording this before Monday night football. They're going to replace Baltimore as that seven seed, which the, is the, just wild. The Dolphins do, however, need to also deal with Tennessee and New England in 17 and 18. So they yeah. have a very difficult last couple of weeks for sure. But you're right. The Dolphins the Dolphins are in the mix. But this just kind of tells you what, what the Bengals are playing for, right? There's a wide, wide gamut of possibilities still out there. But honestly, I, I don't think that the wild card is really in play here, James. The more I look at scenarios, it has to be very, very obscure for a wild card to be in play. Yep. And obviously, the more games we see, the the clearer the picture will become, the, the clearer the scenarios will become. But again, it's simple. Win and you're in. Win and, and pop that champagne and, and, and party. And look, and we'll get more into this, but this offense was built to compete with teams like the Chiefs. You might not have thought it was going to be in 2021, might have thought down the line or once the offensive line or once they get a new coach or what, whatever the case is. Right now, they the reason they drafted Chase and Higgins and Burrow and they paid Mixon and they've, they've kept Boyd around, it's because they want this dynamic offense to be able to put up points and matchups like Sundays. And that's why you have to give them a puncher's chance. That's why I was a bit surprised that it was a four-and-a-half opening line. I'll be honest. And maybe that's my orange and black glasses and and just watching Joe Burrow throw for 525. But I was like, whoa, four and a half underdog, a point underdogs at home. Okay. The Chiefs have been very, very good lately. This is, I'm fairly confident by far the best team. No, maybe not by far, but I'm, I'm confident that it's the best team the Bengals have played this year and certainly in the best form. I think there might be an argument for the Packers. That would be the other one, but I, I don't well, think the Packers, the Packers are Packers... better than the Chiefs. They're playing better than the Chiefs, I would say. I would you not think so. No, but that would be a conversation. You for think locked on you think NFL. the Steelers? You think the Steelers suck? 
the Chiefs crushed the Steelers, and now the Chiefs are God's gift to football. Jake, 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 Jake. No, the, the Chiefs, I mean, we, we don't need to go into this that much. The Chiefs have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. And in that time, they've held their opposition to under 10 points, which included the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Raiders, and the Steelers, and the Broncos five times. And they're doing this while their offense has figured it out and is scoring like 30 points a game. Like they've, they've figured it out. They had a rocky start to the season for sure. But I think that their defense has figured some things out and I I think they're a really good football team. So no, I I think they're the best team in the conference. I no, I agree. Like I wasn't trying to belittle them. I just think the Bengals have a shot. I, I do too. I'm talking to, I'm comparing them to the Packers who have had some issues against the Browns and the Ravens in the last couple of weeks when those teams were both pretty undermanned. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get, you know, what's really hurting the Packers right now. Aaron Rodgers looks like the, the one robber from home alone and he's, his hair is growing out too much. Yeah. <laughs> my man needs anyways, we've gone off track, but uh, Joey B would never just throwing that out there. Big, big tangent, man. What if Joe Burrow grows his hair out in 15 years, somebody's going to clip this. And old takes exposed you. Well, it's one thing to grow your hair out. His hair was long at LSU for a point, but he didn't look like a like a <laughs> homeless robber from Home Alone chasing Macaulay Culkin around and getting hit by paint cans and thrown down steps. The irony here, of course, is that Joe Burrow is said to be a grown-up Kevin McAllister. We should probably wrap up the show. We're off the rails here, James. That's your playoff scenarios as we get more clarity on what the playoff picture looks like in the next couple of weeks, what these scenarios are for each seed. Rest assured, we'll talk about them. You can tune in for that. Until next time, when we'll review the tape against the Baltimore Ravens, see what we can learn, see what we can apply for this big game against the Chiefs with Mike Bengals-Sands coming your way tomorrow. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.